0: Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now, as we open the Scriptures, and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. Good morning. I'm speaking from the driveway near my home. And the reason we're here this morning is I'd like to tell you a little bit about this tree that's here behind me. You see, ever since uh, Christy and I moved into our home, this tree has been the home to a colony of bees. And the bees had a plan. Their plan was that every summer they would go out and they would gather nectar from flowers and they would bring it back to this tree. They would make it into honey and they would store it. And then when winter came, they would survive the winter by eating the honey that they had stored during the summer. Well this year something happened that began to interfere with the bee's plan. About the middle of summer, uh, this piece of wood here that had been here in the notch, it finally rotted away to the point that it fell out of the notch and it left the hive exposed. And then when the first frigid winds of autumn came, the bees all froze to death. Well, as soon as the local squirrels became aware that there was this whole supply of honey that wasn't being defended by a horde of stinging insects, there was a constant parade of squirrels, usually about three at a time inside of there, uh, robbing the hive. And so they were taking all the honey and the honeycomb and uh, it was just a regular traffic. Our dog Tucker was doing his best to chase him away but it was just uh, uh, a fruitless task. And uh, so for a while we had some of the fattest squirrels around here that you have ever seen. And the reason I'm mentioning that today is sometimes things don't go according to plan we make our plans, and and we do our best, and then our plans basically end up as squirrel food. And in the passage of scripture that we're looking at today, uh, in the book of Romans, we're going to see a couple of instances when things didn't go according to plan. And so, if you would like to take your Bibles, and the passage we're looking at today is Romans chapter 15, verse 22 to chapter 16 verse 27. So we're going to cover all of the rest of the book. It's got five sections and I'm going to make I'm going to read those sections and just make a couple brief comments on each section. And so to start out, uh, the first section tells us about Paul's plans. And so Romans 15 22 to 33 says this. says for this reason I also have been much hindered from coming to you but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you whenever I journey to Spain I shall come to you for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you if first I may enjoy your company for a while but now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the Saints For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. And so these verses we've looked at, Paul outlines the plan that he has. And in verse 25, we can see that the first part of that plan was he was gonna travel to Jerusalem. He says, but now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. And then the second part of the plan was he was gonna go from Jerusalem to Spain and on the way to Spain, he was gonna stop to visit his friends in Rome. And so, it uh, says, therefore, when I have performed this, this verse 28, and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. And he shared a prayer request then. He says down in verse 31, he asked them to pray that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. And so if you'd like to put a marker here in uh, Romans chapter 15, and turn over to Acts chapter 21. And we'll see how things worked out in Paul's plan. And so in Acts 21, I'd like to read verses 27 to 36 says now when the seven days were almost ended the Jews from Asia seeing him in the temple stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him crying out men of Israel help this is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people the law in this place and furthermore he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed, and the people ran together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. Now as they were seeking to kill him, news came to the commander of the garrison that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came near and took him, and commanded him to be bound with two chains. And he asked who he was and what he had done. And some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. So when he could not ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. When he reached the stairs, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people cried, followed after crying, away with him. And so we can see then uh, what happened to Paul's plans and how God answered his prayer request. Because he got to Jerusalem and he was attacked by a mob and he was arrested. And so you can remember his prayer request was that the Lord would deliver him from unbelievers in Jerusalem. And little did he know that God was gonna answer that prayer request by having him arrested. That Roman soldiers arresting him would protect him from the mob in Jerusalem that wanted to kill him. And as he thought about traveling to Rome and then to Spain He probably didn't imagine that his journey to Rome was going to be as a prisoner of Rome, that he was going to travel there in order to go on trial before Caesar. And so Paul's plan didn't work out the way he planned it. Things went totally different than he expected. But the plan bore fruit in ways that Paul never could have imagined. If uh, you will continue to keep a marker in Romans 15 and uh, turn over to Philippians 4.22. And the book of Philippians is written by Paul while he is a prisoner in Rome. And as he's writing this book, he's writing to his friends in Philippi. And as he's getting ready to close the letter, he says, All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. So Paul is a prisoner in Rome, but he is able to reference believers in Caesar's household. And how did that come about? If you'll turn back to Acts again, and look in Acts chapter 28 and verse 16, we can see Paul's circumstances while he was in Rome. And it says, now when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was permitted to dwell by himself with the soldier who guarded him. So 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, there was a soldier guarding the apostle Paul. And the question became who was the captive because Paul had a captive audience. And so he was able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with these soldiers who were guarding him. And these soldiers who were guarding him were members of the Praetorian Guard. And among their duties, they not only guarded the prisoners of Caesar, but they also provided security for Caesar's household. And so these soldiers who were guarding Paul, they would rotate back and be doing uh, bodyguard duty, basically, for the people in Caesar's household. And they would talk a little bit about what they were hearing from this prisoner, Paul. And after a while, people in Caesar's household came to put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so if things had gone according to Paul's plan and he had traveled to Rome on his own, he never would have gained access to Caesar's household. But by being a prisoner in Rome, he was able to have the gospel penetrate the very highest levels of the government in Rome. Well, the next section in the book of Romans, back in Romans chapter 16, records some greetings from Paul to people that he knew in Rome. And so in chapter 16 of Romans, verses one to 16, he says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Concrea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise greet the church that is in their house, Greet my beloved Apennatus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia, to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. Greet Apellus, approved in Christ, Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countryman. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Triphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobas, Hermes and the brethren who are with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you." And so you can see that Paul knew a lot of people in Rome. And as we think about some of these people that he knew in Rome, we can see that things didn't always go according to plan for them either. And so, if we look at verse 3, we can see that he says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. And we can see that things did not always go according to plan for Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, We first meet them in Acts chapter 18, verses 1 to 3. Acts 18.1-3 it says, After these things Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And so we have uh, Aquila and Priscilla who were tent makers living in Rome and and their plan was to stay there in Rome and and enjoy their occupation and their life there. And suddenly their plans were totally disrupted because Emperor Claudius decided he wanted all the Jews to leave Rome. And so they got kicked out. Their life was disrupted, their business was disrupted. Uh, They had to move away. And eventually for a time they found refuge in the city of Corinth. And in the city of Corinth then, they met the Apostle Paul who also happened to be a tent maker. And so they started working together and Paul had the opportunity to instruct them in the things of the Lord and to train them and and they became very proficient in God's truth. And then they were able to be an encouragement to the Apostle Paul while they were there. And then later on when Paul left Corinth, they traveled with him, and eventually they came to the city of Ephesus. And when Paul had to leave Ephesus, Aquila and Priscilla remained behind in Ephesus. And while they were there, something else happened. And so still in Acts chapter 18, I'd like to look at verses 24 to 28. It says, Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard them, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. And so Aquila and Priscilla not only had the opportunity to learn from Paul and to encourage him, but after Paul left Ephesus, they had the opportunity to minister to a man named Apollos. And Apollos grew greatly in the things of the Lord and was used greatly to expand the kingdom of God. And so things didn't go according to plan for Aquila and Priscilla. They would have rather stayed in Rome and been comfortable there. But because their plan was disrupted, God was able to use them to minister to the Apostle Paul and was able to use them to train up Apollos so that he could be an effective worker in the kingdom of God. And so they preferred the comfort of Rome, but God had another plan. Well, the next section of Romans, Romans sixteen, seventeen to 20, records a final warning from the Apostle Paul. It says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And so the Apostle Paul warned them to avoid false teachers. And the thing he said about them in particular in verse 17 is these people were teaching things that were contrary to the doctrine they had learned. And fortunately for us, the teachings that they had learned have been recorded for us in scripture in black and white so that we can read it and reread it and be continually reminded of the things that God wants us to know. And by remaining faithful to the things that are taught in Scripture, we can avoid being deceived. And then verse 20 tells us then that we, by doing so, can participate in the victory of Christ. It says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And this is a reference back to Genesis 3.15. You may remember that in Genesis 3.15, God said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And this is a prophecy of the victory of Jesus Christ over Satan. On the cross, Jesus Christ decisively defeated Satan so that his power over the world was ultimately broken. Satan could no longer hold you prisoner. He could no longer hold me prisoner because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And now as we follow Jesus Christ, as we obey the things that are revealed about him in scripture, then we share in his victory over Satan. We crush him under our feet. Well, we saw some greetings from Paul friends in Rome earlier. And the next section in the book of Romans records greetings from some friends of Paul where he was to Rome. And so in Romans 16, I'd like to read verses 21 to 24. It says, Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sosapater, my countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, my host, and the host of the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you. And Quartus, a brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So we see a lot of greetings in the book of Romans. We see Paul giving a bunch of greetings. We see a bunch of people with Paul giving greetings. And you know, greetings are really very significant in the Bible. I'd like to turn back to Matthew chapter 5 and look at verses 43 to 47. Matthew 5, verses 43 to 47. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And so as Jesus Christ is calling us to love other people, to love even our enemies, one of the ways he calls us to love other people in verse 47 is by greeting them. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. And so when we greet other people, we acknowledge their existence. We, We acknowledge that they are worthy of attention. We validate them as a person. It's a way of showing love for others. And so in the life of our church, as you come to church, and you're greeting people in the church, don't just greet people who you know, don't just greet the people you sit next to every Sunday, but look around and see if there's a stranger there you don't know and make the effort to greet that stranger you don't know. Because by greeting that stranger you don't know, you have an opportunity to manifest God's love for others. God who sends his rain on the evil and on the good and calls us to love our enemies, He calls us to greet people we don't know, to extend his love to others. And finally, the Apostle Paul closes in the book of Romans with a benediction in verses 25 to 27. He says, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And so according to verse 25 in this benediction, we can see that God is able to establish you. He says now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel. God is able to set us on a firm foundation. And according to Psalm 62.6, that firm foundation is God himself. Psalm 62.6 says, speaking of God, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved." And so God is the foundation upon which we can build our lives. And there was a time when the gospel about Jesus Christ, the one who reconciles us to God, there was a time when that gospel was a secret. The Old Testament pointed to Jesus Christ, but it pointed to him cryptically. We can think about the verse I referred to earlier in Genesis 3.15, where it said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And so you know someone's coming but you know, to defeat Satan, but exactly who is coming and how are they going to defeat the serpent? And so it's kind of cryptic. With the advantage of 2020 hindsight, we can look back and we can say, yes, that was Jesus Christ. He is the descendant of the woman who is going to defeat Satan. He's the one who's had victory over him by dying on the cross. Because those things that were hidden in the Old Testament are now revealed in the New Testament. And so he says, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest... And so there was a time when Jesus Christ came and all of the prophecies in the Bible that were talking about someone coming, suddenly that person was here in person and people could see him face to face. They could talk with him. They could eat with him. They could listen to his teaching. They could see his miracles. And ultimately, after he died on the cross to certain select witnesses, they could see him risen from the dead. And so it was clearly revealed to them who the Messiah was. And it's been clearly revealed to us as they have faithfully recorded that truth for us in the scriptures so that we also might share in the truth that was once hidden. And so God's plans are better than our plans, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And so he says, to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, all of us experience things that don't go according to plan. Lord, sometimes we can feel devastated by that. But Lord, we thank you that nothing can disrupt your plans. That you are able to intervene on our behalf and even when our plans become squirrel food, you're able to work through things and bring about your purposes. To bring about what in the long run is actually going to be best for us. What in the long run is going to bring you glory. And Lord, you are worthy of all glory. So we thank you today. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.